Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our word that we'll be reflecting on this morning is Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. This is our words for this morning. Every day you wake up, you are faced with a decision. You made a decision when you woke up to get dressed, put on your Sunday best, and come here and and spend some time with your Lord. Every day you wake up, you're faced with a decision. How are you going to use your time and your energy? Who here wishes they had a little bit more time to get things done through the day? Yep. Time is a precious resource. It truly is. Once you use time, you, you, you don't get it back. It's used, it's gone, it's gone. And um, it's not renewable. You can't repeat it. You can't reclaim it. You know that saying, time flies? Oh, that's so true. And time flies whether we use it wisely or we waste it. And so today, as we continue to move through our Believe study, we're going to look at our Christian walk, and and more importantly, how we offer our time uh, to live on purpose for our Heavenly Father. Because I don't want to waste your time. It's our hope that with this study, that by the time we're done, our hearts are spurned on just a little bit more to think, to act, and become like Jesus. We want to take ownership in this key idea which is going on for this morning, that I offer my time or I invest my time uh, to fulfill God's purposes. And, And what we're really saying with this key idea is, Lord, I want to live on purpose for you And it's backed up by our our verse, whatever I do, whether in word or deed, I want to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Heavenly Father through Him. And from time to time, we need to be reminded that you and I, we have one life to live. That's all we're given. And how are we going to use it to fulfill God's purposes for our life? Would you live your life differently if you knew that tomorrow you would not be on this side of paradise? Very real question. It's hit pretty close to home for me in the last few weeks as friends have been called to be with Jesus. There's little girls struck by cars and taken from this side of paradise far too soon. It, it hits home. It's in the news all over the place that our time is short. So would you live your life a little differently if you knew that tomorrow you wouldn't be here? Would you maybe hug your loved ones a little bit more? Or maybe pick up the phone and try and mend a a broken relationship? Or maybe you have some kind of a bucket list and you'd take the opportunity to do some of those things. It's humbling to think about our own mortality. We don't like to do it. But the truth is there will be a morning when we wake up that will be the last time We wake up on this side of paradise. And the thing is, is we don't know when that day will be. God wants us to be able to use each and every day that we've been given as a gift. God gives us the gift of time, and he cares about how we use it. And just to back this up, we had good Bible passages from our readings this morning, but here's some more. 
Moses prays this prayer in Psalm 90. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Do you notice how he doesn't say, teach us to number our years? We get our birthdays wrong. We should be celebrating each and every day that we have as a gift and use the best of them all the time. Paul says this in Scripture, in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's a pastor named Paul, who cares an awful lot about the church that he's reaching out to, and he's saying, look at the world around you and and walk carefully. Walk as those who are wise, not unwise, because the days are evil. And, and that's the encouragement that we get to have as we recognize the gifts that we've been given, and, and one of them is time. And, and so to help us kind of start to use our time in just a, a little bit more of an effective way for the Lord, uh, we're going to challenge some misconceptions that are out there about time. I asked you, who here wishes they had some more time? Yeah, we all have that from time to time but here's the thing one misconception is that there's not enough time in the day how many hours are there in one day 24 how many days a week are there seven does anyone find a way to get more hours in a day or or more days in a week it doesn't exist We all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of hours in a day and days in a week. The the reality is it's not a matter of can we get more time. It's a matter of what are our priorities. How are we going to use those priorities, our time to meet those priorities? Here's an example for you. You have a job where um, you have to work 60, day, 60 hours in a week just to get that job done. But you have a coworker, same job, same pay, manages to pull it off in, in 40. Now, you're thinking to yourself, because you're at work 60, this person's slacking off, and the reason why I have to work 60 is because I need to pay up, pick up their workload. But that's not necessarily the case. What's going on is you've chosen to allow your job to put boundaries on your life and take 60 hours from you each and every week. And this person over here is saying, no, my job, these are my priorities. I will give you 40. I will do my work. I will get the job done. But 40 is all you get because I have a different set of priorities. And it's a challenge in our day and age to put those kind of parameters around. The whole point that I'm trying to make is that we have 24 hours in a day. How, how do we prioritize them? Sometimes when we feel like we're not given enough time, what's really happening uh, is we have priorities that are not clear. They're out of whack. And when they're out of whack, you tend to do an overschedule outside your home. You underschedule in your home, and you make no time for your Lord. That's one misconception. The other misconception is the idea of a balanced life. I've said this myself. Boy, if I could just find some more balance in my life. And yeah, the thing is, is balance, 
everything being equal? No. Not everything we have or are responsible for deserves equal time and attention. Instead of living in balance, what we can do is maybe live in rhythm. We heard that this morning as music was being washed over us by the choir singing. There were different times where the, the instruments were quick and fast, and there were times where there was slow and flowing movements. It was a living, breathing thing. It was rhythm. So think of your life as more of like a, a symphony. Take time for solitude and prayer and reflection. That's what Jesus did. And if we truly want to think, act, and become like him, what did Jesus do? Every morning he'd get up and he'd, he'd go and he'd spend time with his heavenly father. Any big decisions that he made in his life, he would, he would seek his Lord. And then he would march resolutely with those marching orders in hands and do the job that he was given, whether it was to heal the sick or to go to the cross. He lived his life in God's rhythm. And that's what we get to do. God's inviting us to slow down and and to live in his rhythm, to connect with him, to hear from him, to, to help understand the priorities that he wants us to live. When you're not living in God's rhythm, you're, you're following the frantic pace of the world and it's going to pull you in a hundred different directions. Instead, I'm going to encourage you to live in the freedom that God provides you and live in his rhythm. Life can't always be a, a hurry up offense. You can't sustain it. There's got to be rhythm and you get to choose the rhythm and the pace of your life. You get to put those kind of boundaries in place. I ask this of most of my couples when I'm getting set to do pre-marriage work with them. Ask them a question. What's the most important thing to you? And these couples who are young and in love, they, they usually go, well, this person over here is the most important. They're the most important. And then I say, well, pull out your calendar. And, you know, many have the smartphones, and so they pull out their calendar. Now, if they're the most important person in your life, does your calendar and all the activities that you have reflect that they are the most important? I don't have them on here anywhere. If you're staying late at work to get a report done, When are you carving out time to slow down and spend it with your family or your spouse? Rhythm. The last misconception is the idea that our church activity, our religious activity, equals quality time with God. When I'm running around here trying to get church set or or get into the groove of of, uh, being on the clock, so to speak, it's not always good quality time with God. You're distracted, you're pulled in a bunch of different things because you want to make sure things go smoothly. And we had that, that same kind of a understanding that Moses was going through in the Old Testament reading. He, he was trying to do a lot all on his own. And luckily he had a father-in-law who loved him and said, Moses, look, what you're doing just is not good. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to wear out yourself and the people who are there. Another biblical reference about the idea of how we use our time. Mary and Martha, you know that story? Jesus comes over to their house. And Mary's like, 
not, not, excuse me, Martha's like, oh my goodness, the Lord's in this place. We got to get things ready. I got to be a good host. I got to do this, that, or the other thing. I got to prepare. Ah, what would you do if Jesus was coming over to your home? You'd probably like, ducking out the side door of the church here and going, you'd run home, you'd pull out the vacuum and you wouldn't even bother plugging it in. You'd just get the lines in the carpet. Man, what else needs to be taken care of? That's Martha. And this is what she says. She says, Lord, don't you care that my, my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Will you tell her to help me? And then Jesus says, Martha... Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Church activity, religious activity, is not the same as quality time with God. If we are so caught up in the work at hand and we fail to recognize that we are in the presence of the living Lord, and he means to pour out his love into your life, then we need to learn to say no to things. We make the same mistake. We get caught up in the here and now and, and we fail to, to deal with the things that are lasting and, and eternal. And, and Jesus wants you to have a gift. And, and he says, listen, I came or he came that we might have life and have it to the full. When we're living at a frantic pace, just trying to get by, that's not a living life to the full. And there were many things that Jesus could have done when he came to dwell among his people. He could have done an awful lot. But he chose what was important. His mission was clear, to provide a way back for creation to be restored back to its creator. For you to be right with God. Jesus chose what was most important when he went to that cross. You were most important. And he wants you to be able to live in that freedom. We get to live in that freedom. He wants you to live on purpose for God. And I know that's what we want to do. I was talking with a couple of people in the back. Pastor, how do you do this? Well, maybe make one change in your life. Just one change that allows you to reorganize your priorities. And, and, and maybe you want to live on purpose for God. And, and if you do, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's, just, it's simply just the Bible verse that we've been looking at, Colossians 3. 17 starts off Lord I want to live on purpose for you will you pray this with me Lord I want to live on purpose for you whatever I do I want to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to the Father through him and now when you go home look at your schedule look at all those activities that you got and ask yourself a tough question. What's truly important here? What's truly important? What's going to have the lasting and significant impact in God's kingdom, in our relationships, and the like? It's tough. Maybe make one change. But Jesus wants you to live in his freedom and live on purpose for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.